Wednesday is usually for football, but today it is not because after three months of waiting, Damian Lillard has been freed from the Portland area. Mm-hmm. And it is not where he expected to go. <laughs> he goes to the land of cheese. He's going to the Milwaukee Bucks, fear the deer. It's a three-team trade, which I always thought it was going to be a multiple-team trade, not a two-team trade. I always knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have the Canadian Bomber, the Canadian Shaman, mm-hmm. the Canadian Bill Simmons, the Canadian Zach Lowe, and the forever son of one Loretta Curran in the Canadian area, Nico Miotello. What's up, Mary, Mary man? Uh, not not a whole lot. I'm glad to finally be back. We're kicking stuff back into gear, so have, hopefully I'll be back on more regularly coming for, going forward. But the first little while as uh, a married man has definitely been uh, an excellent gift. And uh, we got to meet up in person. That was great, too. Didn't take a picture because I'm a moron, but yeah. <laughs> we did meet, meet up in person, so that was awesome. Uh, you were preoccupied with uh, some of some of what LA has to offer, you know, Definitely. In, in certain uh, areas or whatever. So, you know, we'll get to all that at, at some point. But we gotta get to this dang trade, man. It's it's big. There's a mm-hmm. lot of moving parts to it, but some of the moving parts make a lot of sense on a lot of levels. <clears throat> I know there's some pe- I know there's some people upset in a lot of areas, and we're gonna have to get to the Miami of it all the Philadelphia of it all, all of that. But let's start with the actual trade. What do you think of Damian Lillard going to Milwaukee mm-hmm. and adding what he can offer to Giannis Antetokounmpo? It was a pretty, pretty interesting trade overall. I, I know that Milwaukee had been lacking a little bit of an offensive punch. And if you look at exactly the way they lost last year, a player like Damian Lillard makes sure that loss doesn't happen. The offense doesn't sputter the way it does if Damian Lillard is on your team. However, what's made Milwaukee so special over all this time has been their defense as much as their offense. And they've now kind of nullified their perimeter defense and put Damian Lillard there, who we all know is famously not a great defender. It's really interesting for the team overall. I could see them having an incredible team this upcoming season, maybe even a number one seed type team, but I'd be worried this team runs into more problems in the playoffs than some of their previous renditions. It's all in what they're going to put at the at the three spot now, right? That's mm-hmm. going to be the critical piece, and that'll work itself out in training camp and all those sorts of things. But the one thing that I do want to consider with Dane being in Milwaukee is just having that that next level guy who can just yeah. get chore noble hot at any sure point in time, and that is a that's a that's a deal breaker for me. Because when you got one of those guys on your team, Giannis can do other things. Mm-hmm. Now he can probably clean up a lot of what's going on with Dane, you know, and be and be willing to do it. Mm-hmm. If you got a guy who can go off for forty four all the night, 
because he's yeah. feeling it. Uh, or motivated because he's playing whomever who thinks he, you know, you know, spited him somehow. Yeah, yeah, he's got something against everything. I think the most important part of this that people aren't talking about it from the Milwaukee point of view. Mm-hmm. Chris Middleton, who has been showing where, now goes down to a, a third level scorer, and I think that's more yeah, suited definitely. for his skill set right now. Mm-hmm. Right, takes a little more pressure yeah. off of him, right? Yeah, so I, I think right now how they set up is it's it's kind of it's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. What do you think? It, it does make sense offensively, I think, a lot. And there's ways I could see, like like I mentioned before, if you make this trade before the playoffs last year, this Milwaukee team does not lose to Miami in the first round. They definitely beat them, I think. But I'm not I'm not convinced this Milwaukee team definitely beats this Celtics team we have coming out this upcoming season. I I think they can still struggle a lot with that matchup particularly. And Christoph Porzingis also adds something else on the Celtics side. Granted he has to be healthy, of course, but like just having another card in the deck for that Boston team is pretty intimidating. I know they lost Marcus Smart, but as much as that's a negative in some ways, in some ways it's also addition by subtraction. I I get like he's definitely a better player than a guy like Grayson Allen, who Milwaukee also lost in this deal. But what he does to your team negatively at times can also like impact you in such a way that maybe it goes even beyond his on-the-court um, impact, even beyond beyond the box score, because it definitely hurts the the team around you, but it also sometimes makes good other guys, other good players on that team unwilling to step up in those big moments because they know they have a guy like Marcus there who will always do it. So hopefully this can kind of kick them in the ass and get them going this year. I think this trade probably also kicks Boston in the ass a little bit and makes them realize they're going to need to step it up this season. I, I like the trade for the Bucks. I think, in the end, but... I unfortunately am still taking the Celtics in the Eastern Conference this year. I think there's plenty of time for that. I think we're going to get to it because yeah, the season is approaching and we got to get on this. Um, let's look at it from the Phoenix Sun side because they were the third team in this deal. And again, I reiterate, there was always going to be a third team in this deal because you needed something to kind of give, to give Portland what they ultimately needed, which was young players and maybe with some guys with some high upside. And that's what they did. But let's mm-hmm. get to the Phoenix part of it. They added some depth. Yeah. Yerk, they got Dunkage. They got Grayson Allen. So they got a sharpshooter. Um, that sounds uh, scary. Mm-hmm. And I think the kind of low-key like little jewel in this trade was the Nasir Little piece of it. And they also got Keon Johnson as well. Yeah. But I really like them adding uh, Nasir Little to this team. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely solid. Nasir Little is a good wing defender. Also, 
uh, a value he has specifically to the Suns team is he's on an incredibly good contract for the next three seasons, only making about $8 million a year that they can fit that into their uh, budget pretty easily. Um, <clears throat> Nurkic, I think you go trade away Aiton and you get Nurkic for one reason, and that reason is Nikola Jokic. You want to have that body to throw out there on him. And Nurkic is a guy who can do that in certain situations. He is also in a situation here where maybe he doesn't have to play as much in the regular season as he's had to in past years with the Blazers. So maybe that can help him stay healthy going towards the postseason. Hopefully in a perfect world it does that. And like you mentioned, Nasir Little having a wing defender step onto the team and Grayson Allen, this is a lot of the depth that we were talking about that Phoenix needed this year. And realistically, like Aiton didn't make sense on this team. We've talked about that multiple times. I am a lot higher on him as a player than you are, but he didn't make sense on this Phoenix team one way or another. As soon as you start bringing in all these other mid-range threats, these other ball-dominant players, he's not the type of big you want as your the fourth best player on the floor. It just doesn't make sense. I also think you're getting... You might be getting diminishing returns in the sense of like quality of player between the two. But... <laughs> Narkic in a in a situation where stakes are on the line. I mean, we've seen him play well. I mean, it's been a while, but we have seen him play well on, on a big stage in the playoffs. So he's held his own. I'm not saying he's like this world beater, but you don't need him to be a world beater. If you can grab some boards, be physical, uh, hold your position, uh, mm-hmm. add some, um, you know, just add some toughness to a team who is going to need it, right? Yeah. And I think that's why I like Nasir Little, because he adds some tough toughness to this Grayson team. Grayson Allen, too. Yeah, he adds some grittiness and yeah. maybe some foul play. But Yeah, it's, I mean, still, but it's, yeah. it's that stuff you need with this type of team. You need someone who's going to go out there and trip someone. Yeah, and you also, he's going to set the hard screen Throw mm-hmm. the elbow out there, all that sort of stuff. He's going to draw the Koji. Yeah, Both so of them are good at that. <laughs> I mean, I like that. Here's the other thing: having another reliable shooter outside of Booker and uh, Bill and uh, Durant, who for a while lost it. Yeah, he lost the three for a second. I was like, okay, well, I don't know Beal what this too. is. Yeah, but having this guy. Another one yeah. in the chamber. This kind of reminds me, and I don't want to put it on the level of the team, but it reminds me of the Golden State Warriors a little bit mm-hmm. because yeah. they had always another one in the chamber. Yeah, especially like they also this offseason added Terrence Ross and Yuta Watanabe. They, they have guys who are going to hit shots all over the floor like one way or another. That was the criticism that uh, you and I had for them immediately coming out of making the Beal trade in the first place was this team 
really doubled down on the mid-range scoring. They had a lot of guys who could function in the mid-range and in to a certain extent, but the mid-range was the thing that was solidified. Now you trade away one of those mid-range guys in DeAndre Ayton, you bring in more guys to hit it from three, you use all your exceptions and stuff to bring in three-point shooters, you've created an extra level for this team to score from. And then all of a sudden, this offense, I think, is going to be reminiscent of that Golden State Warriors team just because like, they weren't traditionally point guarded by either Steph Curry or Draymond Green. It was just always everyone moving the ball around, finding the open shooter. And hopefully that's what they can do again this year with Beal and Booker trying to function in those uh, playmaking roles. Yeah, I see a lot of just movement. And the the thing mm-hmm. that I really like about it is the Utah Watanabe deal. Because mm-hmm. he's such a willing guy to just stand in a corner and oh, shoot yeah. the three. Like, I will just stand here. Mm-hmm. And they cannot leave me because if they do or if they underestimate me, I am going to knock this shot down. And I will knock it down at a high level. Mm-hmm. So, and, it's, it's, and also, Terrence Ross gives them... Not crazy athletic ability, but no. a level of athletic mm-hmm. ability. He can be average. Yeah. That's all you want him to be. Mm-hmm. So they do have some pieces that if you said, hey, we need you to just do this. Yeah. Got vets on the squad that can just guys do, there and do, it. do one job. I didn't need you to do one thing. Mm-hmm. That's it. All right. All right, let's get to the Portland of all this because there's three things I want to get to. Mm-hmm. One, Joe Cronin said when this whole thing went down, he was like, I'm not getting bullied. I, I will not just I will not just kowtow to whatever. I am going to make the right deal for my team. When all of the stuff started to come out like last week, and into this week, you start to hear all these things. Toronto's in, and this team's in. I, I never believed that at all. Nah, I didn't. Um, the boy who cried wolf. I, I wonder if this was just like, you know what? We'll figure out the Drew Holiday thing later. But I, this is a fu to to the Miami Heat. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's what this was. Is Ultimately, too. Like, yeah, we're, we're not giving it. And I, actually, this is good for the NBA because now you know if you're an NBA star and you ask out, mm-hmm. you might not necessarily get to go where you want to go. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I think to a certain extent, it's a hierarchy issue because as big box office as Dame is, He's not one of those top 15, 20 guys in the league who are maybe that's an important, too much. No, but that's an important. Not one uh, of those guys. That's an important key cog to this. And I'm glad you mm-hmm. brought that up. It's not those guys I worry about because you kind of want those guys if they want to move. You kind of want yeah. that because it brings more spice to the league. It's the mm-hmm. guys beneath them. And it's yeah. what we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's true. It, the guys around this level should definitely not be making these types of demands in contracts. I heard 
a lot of people make the reference throughout this thing saying he's definitely going to Miami because a superstar has never asked for a trade and not went to where they asked to go in recent vintage. And the the problem with that is like Dame is box office as it gets, but he's not at that superstar level that where he is getting his team to the finals to the conference finals every season. He's not just not that type of player. So he wasn't going to get to make those types of demands of the organization, especially because he's making money like he's that type of player right now. So he was, I, I didn't think he'd get traded somewhere where he didn't really didn't want to go. And I don't think he did. I think he was probably okay going to Milwaukee. Uh, there was a tweet that resurfaced today of him talking about playing with any player. If he could play with any player, who would he pick? And he said, Giannis. So clearly that um, there's something there. So I'd be, I'm excited to see them begin to grow together, but like he can't, yeah, this all goes back to say he just can't dictate the league like that because he's not that level of player. I also, number two. I also think what it does is it sends this, okay, maybe we have gotten control over the asylum. Mm-mm. You know, when Durant didn't get his way instantaneously, yeah. because everybody was like, oh, when he, when he asked out, oh, he's definitely getting traded. Like when it's, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember being on alert, you being on alert, mm-hmm. the whole basketball world. I think we're starting to see a little shift yeah. in the NBA. Well, like, I think owners are tired of it. I think front offices are tired of it. And I think Cronin said, no, nah, well, we're going to do the deal that makes sense to us. And what a deal it was because mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton, I, you're right. I do not have a real affinity for him, but I will tell you, I love this for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, Where he's going, great. you he he can do the mid range. He's a he's an okay passer. He's not a great passer. Mm-hmm. You you can free up the lane and allow Shaden Sharp and and Scoot Henderson to go crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, if you engage him on the offensive end, he will give you energy on the defensive end. And I think the guys with the shaky jump shot will be more than happy to run pick and roll with DeAndre Ayton or pick and pop with DeAndre Ayton. Definitely. Right? And feed him a little bit. It's like, listen, if this dude is knocking down this 15-footer at a high level tonight and I don't have to shoot this three, cool. Let's Let's do this. Yeah, exactly. So I actually think he ended up in the in the right spot. Definitely. And uh, reminds me kind of of those Orlando teams. Uh, they didn't end up turning into anything, but the Orlando teams with Vucevic that we just had recently. I think in the, a similar role like that, DeAndre could be an impact player. And here he has actual like young, good guard prospects to grow with. So hopefully the upside's higher. And he actually becomes kind of like, with Jeremy Grant, 
kind of like pseudo leaders. You know, he's mm-hmm. seen the playoffs. He's been there, done that. And he's still young enough where he can kind of relate to those guys who yeah. just play a bunch of video games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he might fit into that culture where people were saying he was too immature in Phoenix. He mm-hmm. might fit right into the culture in Portland because that's all these guys are going to want to do too. Yeah, absolutely. I never thought I'd be talking about video game and Call of Duty culture on hey, the pod, but, but I told you we talk about everything on this thing. Oh, we got to. So the Drew Holiday of it all, I think, is the best part of this because I think mm-hmm. now you can even you can now get yourself into some OKC level uh, type of first round pick situations now. Yeah, yeah. Your chest is getting there. You can build it up more, definitely. This uh, situation, if I would have known this was happening at the beginning of the offseason, I would have definitely said, I'm not so sure about Fred Van Fleet. Maybe I'll trade a couple picks for Drew Holiday and go that direction instead. Because he's a really interesting young player. And he's still young to this Point, even though he's been in the league for a very long time, I think he's only like 29 years old. Oh, no, Drew, I think it's 31. 31? Yeah, I think I, Drew is 31. Let me go check. Go ahead. Go ahead with your thoughts. Okay, but anyways, but, whether he's old or young, it doesn't make a difference. Every uh, team he's been on, he's improved the perimeter defense. He's got a spot-up three-point shot that he yeah, uses sometimes, but he's a good ball handler. And a good, like, initiator around the floor. I think there are multiple teams that he would really make sense on right Drew now. Drew Holiday is 33 years old. 33? He's older than we both thought. <laughs> well, I guess he's not young. I take it back. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he's a solid player overall. And there are a lot of teams he'd fit on really well right now, I think. The Clippers are one I'd look at. The... Sixers are another one I'd look at. And one that, like, I hope they don't go in this direction, but fuck it, it'd be kind of fun, would be the Bulls. <laughs> if the Bulls wanted to bring him in and see DeMar, Levine, Drew, I, I, I would like to watch that team play. But I don't I don't necessarily think it's the best decision for their future. Well, let's flush this out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got Drew Holiday as a piece. Yeah. We know that they got... They're not doing anything this year. They're not trying to do anything this year. They're they're literally building for the future. Yes. So we we want our pick to be good, and we want to trade for picks and maybe young young guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's a team on the come up that has a like some young guys that has foundation maybe foundation guys. And could swing a deal because I got a team, or or not Orlando, New Orleans. Yeah, send them home. Yeah, yeah, I could see New Orleans as a solid fit for Drew at this point. If the the problem might be like the piece that makes most sense going back for New Orleans would be CJ and picks. Well, you can maybe see if if there's a team out there. That needs a shooter, you know, yeah. a, a professional guy on your squad. Yeah. That maybe the Bulls get in on that. You know what I'm saying? They mm-hmm. they could use a 
a shooter yeah. right now. Yeah, well, yeah, but that that <laughs> like is if you're going with CJ Levine and Demar, that is Swiss cheese defensive. Hey man, sometimes you just gotta lean all <laughs> the way in, yeah. baby. Like, look, just tell, just tell our guy, just tell what's mm-hmm. a, what's who's just playing Vucevic. Tell our guy, yeah. hey bro, this is not your fault. Well, just get your, one way or another, listen, he's not helping. Hey, well, just get your 16 to 18. Can you really help us on the boards, please? Yeah. And he just <laughs> Yeah, he's a, he'd be out there chasing. He'd be sure. out there, out there. But um, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think of teams that make, like, some sense. Obviously, you want to get to it. He's going to want to get to a, a championship level. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, is there a three-way dance between, like, Cleveland, Portland, and, like, the Knicks? Yeah. I I know you're, you're of belief that this Donovan Mitchell thing is happening. It's a real um, deal. Maybe sooner rather than later. It's I, a, I, well, uh, I'll just... Okay. There are too many people who at lower levels or whatever you want to call of my minuscule connections have said too many things about this guy not being long-term for in the uh, Rust Belt. Yeah. He is trying to shoot himself out of, and he's trying to get to a coastal situation either mm-hmm. way. I... I, I'm not sure if 100% I think that's happening, but if there was a scenario where that was going down, I I just still have a hard time seeing the Knicks side of it all if they're taking on Donovan because they've already decided against them once. They've already decided to go in a different direction one time. Yeah, I don't see them. Yeah, you're right. I don't see them doing Donovan. Because they just mm-hmm. kind of exposed him. But is there another team that can get in on this? Uh, yeah, I'm sure, sure. There's, I'm sure there's a team that can use Donovan Mitchell and his firepower to help them get them uh, over the top. Oh, there, there's tons of teams out there that could use a player like Donovan. It's just that that starts to be a very convoluted package to try. To I like up. I like the Drew to Cleveland and help them mm-hmm. with toughness and help them with on ball. Yeah. Defense in the playoffs, like that's yeah, the piece to me. You know, if you can replace, because then Garland bec- becomes natural. Or what he does, yeah, hopefully. You know, I think that Drew would be more than happy to spot up more and and be kind of like that secondary initiator and what have you. I don't think he has any issue with that whatsoever. Yeah, you're probably right there. I think he'd he'd be willing to go into most situations and work it out. I I hope we find him on a little bit better team than Cleveland, though ultimately. I have a I have a team then. Oh, okay. A better team. Oh, okay. The Golden State Warriors. <clears throat> um yeah, that that would be fun as well. I've I've seen the idea thrown around the Kaminga and Chris Paul package. And if I'm Portland, I'd be very interested in that because obviously we, we know, well, Kaminga is a good player, but we also know Chris Paul's track record helping young teams get better. 
you had a couple young guards there that would be the perfect guy to throw in there with them. Especially, I would Scoot love Henderson. Chris Paul to 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 tutor Scoot Henderson. I yeah, would love that. Especially like a, a Scoot isn't as small as Chris, obviously, but he is also a smaller guard trying to figure out the way to be successful in the NBA. I think that would be great for them if that was available. I could you I, that imagine would be my number one package if I was Portland. Could you imagine Chris Paul teaching him all that mid-range light nonsense mm-hmm. wizardry mm-hmm. and 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 with his athleticism, what he could imagine in his head with it, it'd just be whew, yeah. I would love that. Uh, I would love that for both sides. Yeah, that would be absolutely and then, perfect. And then the 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 West would be a complete blood bloodbath at that point. Mm-hmm. It'd just be a complete and utter bloodbath. Yeah. I would love it. It'd just be chaos everywhere because everybody would have a super team. <laughs> Everyone, the, you yeah, get a super the, team, and you get a super team. Like you a seven seed, and like you a really good team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the way it's looking <laughs> in the West right now. We it feels to me like the top. The best teams might be in the East, but the depth is just in the West. Like, I I might like Boston and Milwaukee more than the West teams as of right now, but then probably teams 2 through 11 are in the Western Conference. The Nuggets just lurk. Yeah, I know. I'm just like... I know they lost Bruce Brown. Yeah. I do. They really believe in Christian Brown. They really mm. believe in him. They do. They do for sure. If they if they can recapture the magic and the want to from this year again next year, I would I would also pick them this season. But I just I teams have a hard time going back to back, and until we start to see it, I'll always kind of bet against it. I'm with you on that, but. I like their coach, Michael Malone. Yeah, that's I like fair. The I really like shoulder. the squad overall. And I think of all the teams, because of their leader, mm-hmm. because he just shows a level of benevolence to this whole thing. Yeah. And the <laughs> offense like, hey, is unstoppable at yeah. this point. This is like, what we win. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's like casual. Yeah. I think the only one that really kind of burns bright is like Jamal. Mm-hmm. But... MPJ, kind of a yeah, aloof looking dude. Yeah, low key. You got yeah. Aaron Gordon, who's kind of like I'm here for the ride. Yeah, you know Reggie Jackson getting paid for no apparent reason. Like, hey, they needed someone to replace. Uh, Can I just tell you that that was a wink, wink, nod, nod deal that he was going. No matter what happened, he was yeah. going to get a payday. So we'll just keep moving on that. But uh, I'm yeah. I'm really. Okay, let's get into the Miami of it all because mm-hmm. up until literally today, mm-hmm. I thought he was going. To, I thought Dane was going to Miami. All mm-hmm. my intel was basically saying like nobody's really come up and said, "Hey, we want to mm-hmm. be in on this Dane thing." So, <clears throat> did they? Because. I will tell you one piece of the negotiation that really was obscure 
there had been no communication between Miami and Denver. I mean, Miami and Portland for a very long time. Like I can, mm-hmm. they haven't talked. In yeah, I believe quite that. a while. That's I. I agree with you that I felt like it was going to be Miami most of the way through, but I think my antennas shot up in these past few days here when we started hearing leaks that it was specifically strongest on Toronto. But I, I didn't buy Toronto. But mm-hmm. once we started hearing the Toronto rumor, we started hearing that the Bucks were involved. We started hearing that these other teams were involved. That's when my antennas went up that, okay, maybe it's not Miami. Maybe they're just going to say, fuck it, and play the field and send him out somewhere else. And that's kind of what they ended up doing with Milwaukee. Because that package, I think, in their mind, was clearly the best one. I mean... Let's let's be real. Mm-hmm. We said a pre-pod. Jaime Hawkins Jr. Like if he no disrespect, you know how much love I have for yeah. him. Yeah, if me. he makes it as a six man, like if that's what his role ends up being, mm-hmm. he has won. Yeah. We, we won because mm-hmm. we love him as a player. Yeah, yeah, and then that can't be the best thing you get for Dame. Right. Or Tyler Hero, who literally just is a sixth man. <laughs> like, he, he's just that already. Or or carbon copy of Anthony Simons, someone yeah, that you already yeah. got. Yeah. And um, and you, like, a carbon copy of your third guard that you might want to get rid of already? <laughs> like, it's, it's a hard situation to be in, for sure. Yeah, I just, I'm so happy that they did the deal this way, but... Getting back to Miami, do you believe that they're I don't know what you want to call it just disinterest in trying to involve other teams obviously led to their downfall in getting this trade done? I think that Miami kind of felt like they had this in their back pocket the whole way through. And that no matter what, Dame was gonna be going to Miami. So they kind of put their took their foot off the gas, and now the whole fan base and seemingly the team as well is is in this reconciliation mode where it's no, we didn't want Dame that bad, but clearly your star player is out here on uh, Twitter mad. You got Tyler Hero mad too, like he wasn't gonna be in the trade, but. Yeah, that was like weird. yeah, that was strange. But clearly I think Miami maybe was feeling themselves a little too much. I I know that they're like such a professional organization, so you don't want to accuse them of something like that, but like that seems to be my read on this situation. Is your read any different? The only other thing that I can think of is because Pat Riley is such a maniac. Mm-hmm. Let's throw it into chaos, right? If we don't pull the trigger on this dang deal, now we're starting to hear rumors on Giannis, right? Before they even knew that that was was going on. Right? And then you got all this stuff going on in Philadelphia, which we kind of need to get to, right? Yeah. Um, And then now you hear things out of Atlanta. There's just stuff going on in the league. Mm -hmm. And did they just say, let's kind of sit back. Maybe. Let's, let's see what comes out of this now. Maybe. Because somebody is going to make a move. Mm-hmm. There's, we're, we don't need to make this move. They've already turned it down. Why, 
why should we go any extra mile to make this happen? And let's see how if we can get like pennies on the dollar on, let's say if Drew Holiday walks into there. Could you imagine another <laughs> lockdown dude? Yeah, is that the most heat? guy you can think of that would be great that would be so much fun too i (laughs) just watching drew go up against uh, milwaukee now that would be a lot of fun definitely i i'm not married to that theory i'm just saying i want i understand how pat riley works Mm -hmm. you know he learned a lot from from jerry west Mm mm-hmm and there are just times where you have a deal. Yeah. And it's there. Yeah, you can you know you have to add some you know there's something that you can get done and there's a team that you always have on speed dial because you work well with that organization. Mm-hmm. There's stuff that has gone back and forth, whatever. Yeah. I am sure that they could have done that at any point in time, but never Never, you. there's no, any piece of information that's out there that the Miami Heat linked in such and such team to mm-hmm. get this Dame deal done. So yeah. that means they didn't do this at all. Yeah. So that's either negligence or we're just waiting for the second layer of this. Yeah, the ultimate pivot here would be a James Harden trade because, like, where... You are with Damian Lillard and the Portland turning around and extracting this uh, value elsewhere. And they had all the cards in their hands. They had the leverage. When you turn and look at Philadelphia, Daryl Morey has got the opposite of leverage right now in the James Harden situation. So if Pat Riley is able to just strong arm James Harden away from Daryl because no one else will make the move for him. I, I then obviously this is a home run by Pat Riley or whatever else situation he could end up working out with some other star. I don't really think anyone in Atlanta would be the right move for um, the Heat organization, but that that is a direction they could go in obviously the most fun would be if they went and got true but i actually think that's where exactly where they're going where they're going i don't I believe know. like i think I there are they can... so many other teams in on drew that again they can't like outbid really well who's the who's the other team who's uh, the other team that you feel like will do you think that the Golden State package is the package? Because uh, I think there's some other teams. I if think there's some other teams who can get can be better than that package. Uh, I I have a hard time seeing very many packages better than that package. But I the, there are like a lot of teams that I could see being involved in that. There are like Philadelphia themselves. I think would need to throw themselves right in the middle of that conversation right now. I think the Clippers, too, just even for the point of extracting leverage against Philadelphia, I think your Lakers would love to be in that conversation if they could find a way into it. I think like most of the league right now could use a great defensive guard because those don't grow on trees. There's one team that I actually think that could really do something with this. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're probably the most pissed that 
game is in Milwaukee. And that is the Boston Celtics. Yeah, realistically, they they have enough. They they could throw around. They could get involved here too. It's so it, you wanna you shopping. wanna you wanna say that Marcus Smart is the heart and soul yeah. of the Boston Celtics. Drew Holiday. I can raise you a uh, Drew Holiday, and I bet you what you get out of him. It's gonna be far Man. superior than what you. No offense. Yeah, he's just a definitely. different level of player. That that would be the most fun of all the outcomes. With uh, especially if that's our Western Conference Finals, uh, Boston and Milwaukee with Drew on Boston, I I'd, I'd be over the moon. Eastern, Eastern, switch yeah. it. Yeah, but I understand Canadians. This is all good. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't rule it out anymore. Like I, I can't because it seems like it's it's a massive arms race at this point. And if you're if you're if you're Boston and you're thinking about okay, how can I insulate this coach as much as possible? Mm-hmm. I go get really smart players. Mm-hmm. If you got Drew Holiday. There's your extension of coach on the floor. Yeah, absolutely. So I think to me, if I'm the Celtics and I'm thinking my coach might be at a deficit of other coaches in the um that I might be going up against, I might be in a situation where I would I I'd actually entertain something like this. Yeah, I I definitely see that as a good idea as well. I think there are so many things that could just be opened up from this Drew Holiday trade. I realistically, there's almost no team in the NBA that couldn't use Drew Holiday right now. I I honestly think the Rockets might be one of the few, just because we just signed Fred Van Vliet, and essentially you'd want them in the same role, even though Drew's a little better at it, but. Like, there's very few teams that couldn't use that exact player type just dropped on their roster. So whatever trade happens with Drew in these coming days is going to be really exciting, too. And we can hop back on for another emergency pod whenever that happens. That's exactly what's going to happen because now I have to do a football pod. So Mm -hmm. that's where I'm headed. Uh, So, yes, we are doing a football pod. It will probably drop tomorrow. Dame Lillard happened. I I don't know what to tell you. We got a Dame Lillard trade after three months of being held hostage. We finally got it. And he's a buck. Man. I'm psyched, man. Like, the NBA, every time you think you know, you you just don't. And I'm really excited about that. So, all right, man. It's been nice fighting with you. Yeah, it's awesome. Awesome to be back. I, I won't be back on football quite anytime too soon but maybe i'll be able to pick that up in the near future we got just a couple final loose ends we're tying up and then i'll be back on the pod full time so can't wait all right my man and guys we're we're just as puzzled as you and there's a lot more questions to be asked and i'm sure on next monday's show that's what we'll be talking about
And maybe a Drew Holiday trade. Hopefully. Like, the more fleshed out, because there'll be an emergency pod on that, because he's going to go to a winner. Yeah, definitely. All right. We're out. Late. Deuce.